Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. These guys are ridiculous. These guys are ridiculous. Now, how about them damn Celtics? And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Tuesday, May 16th. I almost had a panic attack because I always check my phone for the date. And when it's charging, it tells me the percentage where the date is. And so if you hear me pause in the intro ever, it's because I can't see what day it is. And I never know what day it is because I'm my sleep schedule's messed up that I can never tell. So oh, no. I'm glad it popped up for me. But I, I did know the date today. But since it's gone, I already forgot. So thank you guys <laughs> for coming to listen to me ramble at the start of the show. We have a guest today for you, uh, yes. Bobby Kravitsky of Fan Nation. We actually just... As we're recording the intro, we just finished up our conversation with him. And so we already know what we talked about, but excellent. you guys don't. So you should listen. Got some drafts. Uh, we got some conference finals, rat list. Mm-hmm. It was uh, a great show. Some potential moves in the summer, not for yes. uh, our boys here, but other Tied teams. right in with the rat list. Yes, yes. We appreciate yes. it. Bobby brought the energy for the rat list, too. So we're going to start doing pumped. that with guests, too. I, I think that'll be very fun. Uh, I'm glad we started doing that. Uh, we are only a minute into the show, but I'm already going to tell you to go to the YouTube and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate it very much. Uh, what are we at? Like 360 right now? I believe we're, we're, yeah. we're going we're gonna to test it out. The tell you guys to subscribe at the start. So subscribe to the YouTube. When, when Apparently, when you say subscribe early in the video, people are more likely to subscribe so make sure you're not a part of the Little people tease. who are unsubscribed for tomorrow maybe i'll show you the super cool shoes are supposed to come in Ooh, i'm not sure when mine are coming in but mine should be here soon too we did both order them uh so they will be in town but we talked to bobby about the celtics heat series uh we mentioned a little bit lakers nuggets because the game's going on right now <clears throat> as we're recording this uh talked about matchups in the series jason tatum jimmy butler al horford's leadership and we got in uh into the rat list we talked about the warriors a little bit <clears throat> we talked about dwight howard calling out jordan Poole and julius randall from china mm. or taiwan excuse me so that was fun but uh yeah anything else you want to say before we throw it over to bobby sam nope stick around we're going yes yes thank you guys very much we'll throw it over to our chat with bobby and it is my pleasure to welcome in celtics reporter uh bobby kravitsky of fan nation plenty of other stuff i'm here reading his bio sports map radio believe network bleacher plenty of stuff there's just plenty of stuff there uh my friend i go to games with him i hang out uh sam and him like bobby was saying just got virtually acquainted but how you doing today yes. bobby thank you thank you for joining us shout out to my press box homie jack simone right there <laughs> sam good to meet you and I, i'm yes. excited to be on the show i can't tell you how many times we've been down by the press dining room, and Jack said, I got to split. I got to go do the pregame show. Yeah. Well, it's funny. This is your first real appearance on the show, but you are on the show every show because Jack (laughs) says he was talking to Bobby Kravitsky. I probably lead the press box in cameos. Yes. Yeah. Every time I I was talking to Bobby Kravitsky, and he said this. Every time I'm on the pod, I'm like, oh, I was talking to Bobby. I was talking to Cam. I was talking to these people. Uh, So it's a familiar name, and now there can be a name to the face. See, so we had to make this happen. Exactly, exactly. No better time. This is going to be a big Celtics heat preview show, but we are recording this at 8.52, about 15, 20 minutes after the NBA draft lottery wrapped up. Sam and I were in here watching 
I'm sure you felt the same way. It was like a kid on Christmas for me. Like this is the biggest lottery, at least in in my lifetime, outside of when I was four years old for LeBron James. It's Zion, who everyone thought was God, and now he's fat. So I think this is bigger than Zion. But Victor, no one's bigger than Zion. (laughs) All right, all right. (laughs) You're killing me. Victor Wibanyama will be going to the San Antonio Spurs uh, in the lineage of Tim Duncan, David Robinson. I tweeted out Greg Popovich's retirement plans just got thrown into the window. He's going to be coaching there for a while. Bobby, what was your reaction when you saw the Spurs come up? And first of all, shout out to, I forget who it was, the guy there for the Spurs, just woo, like full on, like hype. You have to. It's not the time to be reserved. You have to let it out and (laughs) celebrate, especially when the stakes are this high. And we're talking about someone who is rightfully so treated as a generational prospect. Yeah. And Jack and Sam, I can't help it. Even when it's considered an underwhelming draft class, especially at the top, I get sucked in by the drama and the theater that is yep. the lottery. They go to break right before the you know top three. <laughs> so I just enjoy it, the pageantry of it all. And then to have the stakes on the line, there are some great consolation prizes here. Mm. Scoot Henderson projects to be a stud. The Thompsons have very high ceilings as well. But Mm. yeah, you want Big Vic. And so for San Antonio, who I don't think a lot of people were anticipating that this would be a Greg Popovich. You got Duncan in the 90s and now you get Wembenyama. I don't think people forecasted that's how it would play out. The odds didn't really suggest it either. And yet here they are. They get the grand prize. And it's not the most promising young core you could have paired him with for my money that was detroit with ivy and duran and cade cunningham assuming Mm. that he gets right coming back but they do have good young players for him to grow with and an ideal mentor in popovich yeah it's a lot of fun uh they took pete into the slaughterhouse and ended the pistons dreams they are now fifth after having the best well tied for the best do you know pete Bobby, I'm assuming. Do you are you familiar with Peyton, the mascot that came when that when the, the, there was the like a whole thing was like yeah AI generating mascots. Have you seen Peyton? I've not seen Peyton. Oh, I'll pull up Peyton. Hold. Let me. Let me. Peyton let me is the up. saddest looking like mascot <laughs> you could ever have. He he looks like he's just a Pistons fan that's watched the last 15 years. <laughs> Sam is a. That's when he joined the Knicks. Yeah. This is all he knows. So if you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, go subscribe. We appreciate it. He looks like he knew the lottery results. This is Pete. <laughs> oh, he that's is. horrendous. That's their, is that their real mascot? No, no this no, no, is no. okay. Somebody, I wanted, I didn't had, think somebody had an AI. Somebody typed into like an AI design a mascot for every NBA team or like redesign. And it spit this out for the Pistons. And it's Pete has given up. Pete <laughs> yeah. looks like someone who's been trying to get a new job for a long time and just can't make the leap. <laughs> Well, like him, like dropping the basketball is the best part. (laughs) Like he looks like he just had his soul ripped out. Yeah. And you know what? He's on his way out the stadium. The Pistons did have their soul ripped out because they jumped from number one, Victor Wembenyama landing spot to we're going to get the fifth pick. We will have what's left over from Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson, the Thompson twins and Brandon Miller. Not a great day for Ben Wallace. I I jumped on the Pistons (laughs) Reddit before this, Sam and I did. It was a lot of. I'm pissed. I'm going to jump off my porch. I'm not very happy. It was a lot, a lot of not fun stuff on the Pistons Reddit, but uh, yeah, they were ready fan... to get calls about season tickets <laughs> and that didn't happen. <laughs> no, no, not fun at all. And I mean, shout out when they went to break, like you said, they go to break right before the top four and it was Pistons instead of Blazers. Me and Sam were both rooting for Wemby to the Blazers. So we, yeah. we got there. We got amped up. Yeah, when it was hey. that. 
him and Dame would have been another really entertaining <laughs> combo. And it would have probably kept Lillard in Portland, as crazy as that is to talk about mm-hmm. a rookie coming into the league. I think this could have a domino effect on Lillard's future. Yeah, agree. And what's crazier for me is that, like, I, I looked this up beforehand and I saw this. Did you know Houston and San Antonio tied? And so yeah. they had to do they had to do a coin flip. And so if Houston loses the coin flip, <laughs> they get one Minyama, but they won the coin flip. So now they're stuck at four. Jack, you're, t- you're talking to someone who has covered all yeah. of those dealings <laughs> extensively because there's a Celtics link there. So yeah. it's I just tweeted this, actually. It's on a dramatically smaller scale than missing out on Tim Duncan. But again, the Spurs have stuck it to the Celtics on lottery night because Boston would have mm. had the 33rd pick if the Rockets went first in the first round. Instead, the Rockets will retain that selection. The Celtics still get a top 35 pick via Portland, but yeah. instead of 32, they move back a few spots. Or well, 33, excuse me. Unfortunate, but... I know Sam tweeted this too. For the Celtics perspective, Wemby's in the West. Yes. See you later. <laughs> Goodbye. See Stay away. <laughs> that's really, at the end of the day, that's all I wanted. I preferred not Dallas. <laughs> but besides that, don't have to see him for at least probably seven years. Mm. Sounds good to me. Seven years? Do you think it takes the Spurs seven years to get to the finals? No. Like, meaning, like, he's under contract. Right. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant these guys. I was like, interesting. Uh, but Wemby on the draft show, and we'll get to the Celtics in a sec, um, was like, I want to win a championship as soon as possible. And hearing that, I'm like, this guy's coming. Like, he's he's ready. And if you look at the starting lineup, it's probably going to be what? Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Jeremy Sohan, Victor Wembanyama. Like, that's, I, I, that's pretty I good. like <laughs> their core. I like <laughs> Keldon's going to have to pass a little more than he's accustomed to, but <laughs> I like this group. Agreed. Agreed. It's going to be very fun. Uh, shout out, Wemby. I'm happy he's out west. I I think I said this when we were talking about the lottery a few uh, episodes ago. I wanted him to go to the Spurs just because, like, him and Popovich is just too, like, perfect. I think I tweeted about it, like, last summer or something. I'm like, I want Pop to get Wemby. And like I said, he's not retiring anytime soon now. He's, he's sticking around for the long haul. But uh, wrapping back around to the Celtics, uh, they have a very big matchup coming up against the Miami Heat of all teams. Uh, everyone was excited, or excuse me, excited to dodge the Heat in the first round just for them to come all the way back around uh, and be in the conference finals again. It is the third time in the last four years that this is going to be the conference. Like, w- what are the chances of that? And, like, you kind of see it with the Celtics because, like, obviously Tatum and Brown are so young. They have a great core around them. How the hell do the Heat keep doing this? Not only like last year it made some sense because they were the one seed, but some people still expect that okay, maybe Philly breaks through this year. Two years ago, they beat the Bucks in the second round. It was the second round, first round, second round. This year they beat the Bucks in the first round yeah. as the eighth seed. And you can sit there and say Giannis was hurt, blah blah blah. Doesn't matter how they he won game hurt. five. He was, but like how they won game five with Giannis healthy told me all I needed to know about this Heat team and that Bucks team. So I, I mean crazy that the heat have gotten here what do you make of the miami heat bobby we'll start really simple broad so it's what everyone already knows and it's an easy target for jokes especially on social media but it's also understood that heat culture is very real and it (laughs) resonates within that organization jimmy butler was talking about it today and just the confidence that this group carries themselves with and i've probably said this to jack off air before but I don't think any other team in the league does as well at just staying present from one play to the next 
and taking emotion out of the equation. It, they're not going to tap out or quit. They're not going to get rattled because they're having a poor shooting night. They are going to play their game and compete to the highest level, no matter the circumstances. Now, it's not the prettiest brand of basketball. It's, you know, those Heat Knicks games, they looked like they were back in the 90s where they are trying to junk up the game and it's a rock fight. And they will do that and challenge the Celtics once again with their physicality. But they also have Eric Spolstra, the best coach in the NBA, spinning the dial defensively, trying to stay one step ahead of Boston and win that chess match with Joe Missoula. And it is, as Marcus Smart has brought up, a collective approach now with the players have more say than they would elsewhere. And so it's going to be very interesting to see how this all unfolds. But you just have to respect the operation and the consistent nature of the Miami Heat. Yeah, Miami was the talking point of Joe Mazzulla today. I saw on Twitter mm. and I watched the interview. He He's not super into heat culture. He didn't completely <laughs> crap on it like it might have been presented on Twitter. But he was like, yeah, everybody's got a culture. We all have culture. So he doesn't seem too worried about it. But the coaching matchup between him and Spo is the thing to keep your eyes on. It's the clear advantage Miami has over the Celtics in this series. Maybe the only one. Uh, I'm really not looking forward to seeing those zones from Spolstra. For whatever reason, the Celtics mm. have been dealing with it for four years now, and they still can't break it. They see a zone, and they're like, <laughs> what are we going to do with this? Even though when you're a kid and you play basketball, all the teams play zone, and they teach you how to break it, they don't get it. Yeah, but they did what? look good. I will Philly. say I will say this. It's not just the Celtics. It is one of those perplexing realities that teams across the league, you throw a zone defense at them and they haven't seen it since they were kids and they just if they're not shooting well, they struggle with it. And especially when it comes to breaking it down, it just it gives teams a hard time. You know what it is? And if I was a 80-year-old uh you know, uh, boomer, I would say mm. it's because all these kids play AAU. They're at AAU since they're 13 years old, so they're not going to see a zone again. Uh, no, but the Celtics, I, I remember <clears throat> Philly put the zone on. I think it was Philly. Maybe it was the Hawks. Like, no, Philly was doing it. Twice. Philly yeah, was it was Philly. Zone. And the Celtics just, like broke it once, like just one time. Like they put somebody at the free throw line. They threw it up to Rob or something. And I texted Sam. I'm like, they finally broke the zone. They did. Yeah. Look at them go. But uh, no, yeah, the Heat are annoying, man. I wrote something for Celtics blog today uh, about Malcolm Brogdon's comments about Al Horford's leadership. And like the Great way minds I think like Jack, sorry to cut you off, but I was yeah. at practice. I, I was talking with Malcolm Brown a little bit. I wrote about those comments. As soon as he said them jumped out to me about Al's leadership. And of course mm -hmm. that's a motivating factor for the Celtics. We understand that they spoke about it last year when they got to the finals, but his comments about stopping practice to bring the group together because he thought it was a little sloppy and they needed to tighten up that in particular jumped out to me. Exactly. And I think Miami's the team the opponent you need that against the most, right? Because, like, you look at Miami, they don't necessarily have, like, a Jason Tatum. And obviously, Jimmy Butler's playing at that level, but they don't have, like, this guy is the guy. It's, like, as much as Jimmy Butler acts like that, they are just a unit. And they have these veterans. They have Jimmy Butler, who's been there before. And obviously, the Celtics all broke through, and everybody on the roster was their first finals appearance last year. Jimmy Butler's been to the finals. You can call it the bubble. You can call it whatever you want. He's been to the finals. Kyle Lowry won a championship in 2019. Kevin Love's on the roster. Now he went to four finals in a row. He won a title in 2016. Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson both played in the finals with the Heat that year. Right. So they have guys that have been there. And most importantly, they are so mentally strong. And the way I phrased the title was the Celtics need to win the mental game uh, against the Heat. And that starts with Horford. And like you look at title teams throughout the years, like 
the LeBron Heat, it took them two years to figure it out and win together as a team. The Warriors literally traded for Iguodala to be a veteran for their young core. Even like the Bucs, PJ Tucker, Brooke Lopez, like they had veterans on that team who had like, you know, experience in the playoffs, who had that, you know, grizzled veteran mindset to help Giannis get over the hump. And the, the quote from Brogdon today, you know, you have a special leader when guys like Jason Tatum, a top five player in the world, Jalen Brown, another top player in the world. They listen to him. They're quiet. They listen to him. They want his feedback. They want his leadership. Like they clearly respect Al Horford. And as much as I imagine Al Horford's not like chomping at the bit to be the leader, like I need this, like he's just accepted that role because that's what the Celtics need him to be. And against a team like the Heat, who are so focused on that leadership, and I didn't even mention Spo, who's been to five finals himself, won two of them. Like you cannot give them any sort of like if the Celtics falter, the Heat are going to jump on it. Like if the Celtics make a mistake, the Heat are going to jump. So you need to have that mental leader leading. Game one a team seems like very important to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see <laughs> them screwing you around. You cannot game have what happened last round against Philly. It, it is important yeah. to throw the first punch, protect the parquet, however you want to phrase it. With Al Horford, I think that he has always been a glue guy, dating back to those Florida Gators teams where it's a cohesive unit of dramatically different personalities from Joe Kim Noah to Corey Brewer to, if you remember the names, cause they didn't really make it in the NBA, Torrey and green and Lee Humphreys. And he <laughs> brought it all together. And the more you become that at higher levels and continue to win and just raise your pedigree and your profile, the more important it becomes and the more your voice matters. So I remember when Robert Williams got drafted by the Celtics, the organization planted his locker in between Horford's and Aaron Baines and told him, look to these guys for the example and to lead the way. And they clearly have done a great job with that, with how Al Horford's career has, or Robert Williams, excuse me, has unfolded. So I think Al Horford, it's always been about his presence and leading by example, how he handles his business consistently. But the more you're looked at as we want to hear from you, the better you tend to become at taking on that role as a vocal leader as well. Uh, Speaking of Horford, how much do you expect him to improve this series shooting-wise? He doesn't have his hands full trying to defend the MVP on the defensive end. I'm expecting his legs to be back. He was the second-best shooter from distance in the NBA this year. That's going to be important for them taking on a Heat team, especially if they slap the zone on. Sam, I was hoping we were going to get Horford at media availability today after practice to ask exactly that. I I think that the the time in between game seven against Philly and game one against Miami tomorrow night is paramount that he, and you would expect him to do so, takes proper care of his body and has his legs ready because it's every other night plus travel this series. There is no two days in between games anymore. So it's really important, and there is a different challenge. He's not going up against the walking building that is Joel Embiid, but Bam Adebayo (laughs) is much more active and mobile and a challenge, and he's not always going to be on Bam either, but he's going to have to use his legs in a different way rather than trying to you know, have that low center of gravity and push back and counter Embiid and provide resistance. So it, it is going to be important that he's knocking down his threes. Frankly, I was surprised the Sixers didn't say you know much like milwaukee did with grant williams last year we're gonna Mm. play off the guy that hasn't hit one all series and if al horford from beyond the arc is why we go down today we'll tip our cap and go home they didn't really do that or tilt their defense that way so it's going to be interesting to see just how potent he is offensively this round maybe it was more of a limping building (laughs) (laughs) 
that's what I thought was going to happen. I, t- I remember before the series, I was talking to Sam. I was like, I think Al, or excuse me, before game seven, I was like, I think Al Horford just hits six threes and wins the game for them. And Sam said, I think Jason Tatum has a bounce back game. So I mean, credit to Sam. Uh, Bobby, well, I also we... said I thought George Niang was going to have the game. Also he did true. make an impact. Well, he made an he impact. Did. Yeah, yep. his presence was <laughs> big felt. moment. He, he had his game seven moment. But um, after game six, we've been doing post game pods. I'm sure you've seen, but we said after game six, if Jason Tatum drops 40 in game seven, we both have to buy the shoes. And so on the pod, because ever since he came out with those stupid shoes, he was playing like trash. And I was like, don't buy the shoes. Don't buy the shoes. Don't buy the shoes. And we got to it after game six. And I think you were the first one to say you'll buy the shoes. And I was like, yeah, I'll match. And so we both have a pair coming in. We do. There we I got to know, d- know the colorway you're getting. I got the white and blue with the red. I like those. I don't like St. the Louis. zoo ones. I got the other ones, but only because I have a pair of like white and blue shoes already. So I'm like, I'll get something that looks a little different. Yeah, <laughs> so, mix it up. <laughs> had to switch it up. But uh, also, like, I mean, the lightest basketball shoe out. Yeah. Oh, is it really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Sam, maybe we'll we'll be we'll be running it at something. We'll, we'll be yes. better. Maybe I can actually make a fucking shot this week. Maybe it'll hurt but, my <clears> anyway. Once you recover, once once the ankle is fully. Healed. Oh, I've been playing anyways. I'm just an idiot. I'm sure. I, I love it. I respect the grind. Uh, my ankle doesn't respect it very much. It's still not feeling great. It's still very swollen. I should probably you keep stop, sitting on it. I do. I sit crisscross applesauce on my desk, so it's it's not great. But um, do what you got to do. I sit on the ankle as I I sit on the ankle again. But. Uh, Big series, hopefully for Al, for Al Horford. We'll see what happens there. Um, you mentioned the possibility of, you know, Bam, or excuse me, Al won't be guarding Joel Embiid anymore. He might be on Bam. And it got me thinking, what do you think the matchups will look like against Miami? Because if it, both ways, right? Celtics guarding Heat, Heat guarding Celtics. Because realistically speaking, Jimmy Butler, in the same vein as, you know, I think you said this uh, last show, Sam, like Al Horford had to guard Embiid, so he didn't necessarily shoot very well. Jimmy Butler's going to probably have to guard one of the Jays yeah, on, on the other end. And so, like, is he going to be tired? Even looking past that, like, is Rob going to be on BAM? Are they going to put Horford on BAM? If they put Horford on BAM, who does Rob guard? Because they don't really have a P.J. Tucker where you can just, you know, hide him off the ball because Caleb Martin's hitting shots, Duncan Robinson's hitting shots, Kyle Lowry's hitting shots, Gabe Vincent. Like, they all their guys are hot. As much as they weren't a great shooting team in the regular season, they've been hot in the playoffs. So you can't really hide rob off the ball unless you want to put him on bam but then he's not really off the ball because bam just plays in the dunker spot on offense and sets screen so what do you think matchups are looking like both ways including like is kyle lowry gonna guard i assume marcus smart is caleb martin gonna be the the floor is is caleb martin gonna be other the other defender on the jays like what what are you expecting matchups to look like bob yeah the the grift off between kyle lowry and marcus smart round two is gonna be (laughs) off the charts and when it comes to matchups you know I think that defensively that it's harder to pick up on what it looks like when teams are spinning the dial in real time. So for example, a lot of Philly fans were crushing doc rivers, the now dearly departed doc rivers. That's going to say, <laughs> you know, where are the lads and everything he threw the kitchen sink at the Celtics defensively Tatum in the third quarter and throughout the course of the game and Tatum just eviscerated it all and made light work of it, especially once he started taking Embiid and just kind of toying with him. And, you know, at first it was like, you know, Embiid is at the rim and it's almost like you see a shark fin out of the water and it's don't go over there. And then once it became, let's get this shark. Yeah, it's a big shark. And once you get the shark onto land and you bring him out to the three point line, now things change and you can dance with them and do whatever you want, especially when you turn into a human flamethrower and every shot is going through 
the center of the net. It's not even touching the rim. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think so much of this, though, is I'm less focused, as intriguing as it is, on what are the primary matchups? Who do guys start out you know, guarding? I'm more curious to see what it looks like once these two teams start to spin the dial because so much of pick and roll coverage is funneling it in the direction you want to go anyways. So there will be, for example, Jalen Brown fighting over a screen to get back to Jimmy Butler when he's the primary point of attack defender against him. But there's also going to be so much of whoever starts off on a particular player isn't finishing the possession on that matchup. Another thing to keep an eye on, two things. One, Jimmy Butler against the Knicks did roll his ankle. They've had five days off, so take it with a grain of salt. But he wasn't supernova in that series. He didn't crack 30 points once unless he did it after game one, or in game one, rather. And second thing, Rob Williams on Bam Adebayo typically has done a pretty good job. As far as neutralizing him and also kind of giving Horford a break, that could be huge. Joe said today that he plans on having Rob in the starting lineup again after they cracked the uh, broke duck there against Philly and figured out how to play basketball as a team again. It's kind of cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing Rob on Bam. Obviously, there's going to be the switching, like you said, but I think that's key. And it'll give Horford a break. Kevin Love, not as hard to guard as Bam. A lot of standing around. Still annoying. He's going to make annoying. his shots. <laughs> well, it's a, the interesting thing there, Sam and Jack, is that if they switch roles, Rob and Al, and so now Rob, because you're right, he's done a good job traditionally against Bam. If that's what they do, so now Rob is involved in the pick and rolls and Al is back by the basket. And what you're living with is that Horford is not really going to close out and affect a shooter in the corner. So the chess match there becomes, how does Miami operate? Is it a Kevin Love, for example, being stationary? Or are you running hammer screens and whatnot to get Duncan Robinson, Struess, you name it, open shots from the corner? It's where they're really going to miss Tyler Hero. But that's, again, part of the chess match is, okay, if Al's off fam and back by the basket, how do we go after this? Definitely. And I do think there'll have to be some adjustments because Eric Spolster is obviously going to make some of his own. So maybe he'll like, he'll set a screen, get Horford on, you know, a player on the perimeter like they did in, in, in the Philly series. You have to imagine he's going to try to attack that, which is, which is weird. Cause that's like of all the people you're going to attack, it's Horford. That just shows how good on defense the Celtics are. But at the same time, he's not as quick as he once was. And then on the flip side, you talk about Jimmy Butler having to guard one of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I assume it'll be Jason Tatum because that's just the kind of guy Jimmy Butler seems to be. Uh, it's probably going to be Kyle Lowry uh, on Marcus Smart, you have to imagine. I assume Caleb Martin uh, <clears throat> guards Jalen Brown. And that leaves Bam at a bio, probably on Rob, Al Horford guarding whoever else. Actually, no, sorry, Gabe Vincent starts, so he'll be on Smart. Who have they been starting at the four for them? Love. Kevin, Lo oh yeah, Kevin Love has been starting, so you have to assume that he'll be guarding Al Horford on the perimeter. Worth noting it's that Love doesn't, excuse me, close games for them. Yeah, who who has? It's been Struess instead of Love, right? They've been going smaller at the end. Caleb yeah, it's, the it's been Struess. Robinson. Okay, too, so right? Robinson. I mean, he certainly plays too. in the fourth quarter. He he doesn't close games though, just because I think because of his defense and yeah. offensively, he has an impact, obviously, but he's one dimensional. Mm, agree. So. <clears throat> Do you think this sounds stupid because of how great he's been? Do you think the fact that Jimmy Butler is going to have to guard this is probably the toughest matchup? Not probably. This is the toughest oh, is. matchup he's had in the playoffs so far, guarding either one of Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Do you Crab, think that's, RJ Barrett. 
or uh, Middleton. <laughs> yeah. coming I don't know how much he was on Giannis. I don't know what that tracking data looks like, but regardless, it was Giannis with a bad back as well. So yeah, I, I'm with it, you there that when he's on Tatum, it'll be the toughest matchup he's had to this point, especially definitely. if Tatum brings over the momentum from game seven against the Sixers. So do you think Another, that'll affect his offensive play? I just wanted to ask, because like he's Jimmy Butler, so it sounds like oh, obviously he'll be like this, but like you don't think it has any impact whatsoever. No, he he is in tremendous physical condition. I don't know if you saw his interviews today, his media availability in Miami. It was shirtless. There's I don't want to get weird, but not an <laughs> ounce of body fat on the man. That's crazy. It reflects in his play. He is without a doubt a two-way player. And in the playoffs, he does hulk up into a superstar yeah. you know, Jalen Brown used him as an example at a media availability during I think it was the last round maybe it was towards the tail end against the Hawks of someone who just he gets better and is at his best when the playoffs arrive we've seen it over and over again with Jimmy Butler and yes after the ankle injury he was quieter against the Knicks but his team still packed them up in six games and he was spectacular against the Bucks. speaking of defending Tatum right Eyeball emojis to this. PJ Tucker's no longer on the team. And as funny as it sounds to pick that out, Tatum was really bad against Philly all regular season. He only had like 20 points a game. Splits were low. Games one through five and then three quarters of six. He really was inefficient, struggled to get his shots, and really wasn't effective. How much is he going to love not having to deal with that guy? Pushing him around, being a rat, you know, pushing, shoving, getting to even he's a gritty defender no doubt about it but he sure is a pain in the ass how much does that make things easier and change the series from last season it's a breath of fresh air and i do think that it it matters towards the outcome of who advances where it's just different when you're pj tucker and your only roles are stationary in the corner offensively and exert all your energy towards just wearing down the other team superstar as much as possible and so Jimmy Butler, spectacular defender, well-built to go up against Tatum, but it's just different when you have so much responsibility at both ends of the floor. So him not having to see P.J. Tucker, that's a breath of fresh air. Definitely. And just to back you up, Sam, <clears throat> P.J. Tucker didn't actually guard Tatum the most minutes in the Celtics Sixers series. He was third behind Tobias Harris and De'Anthony Melton, actually. But in the 15 minutes, 20 seconds over the course of seven games, PG Tucker get, did guard Jason Tatum. Tatum shot eight of 19 from the field, which is 42%, and two of nine from three, which is 22%. So, like, he There's very clearly a lot. struggles. They were. Yeah, they were. And I, I wonder, let me, I'll take a look for you. PG Tucker, when guarding Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, <clears throat> just kidding, he absolutely torched PG Tucker. But uh, Jason Kevin Tatum Bryant. has a heart. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, Jalen yeah. Brown just realized that this guy at 37 years old cannot yeah. hang with me off the dribble. And when I elevate, he's not going to meet <laughs> me in the air. So he had no problem getting to his mid-range jumper in particular against Tucker. And as we've seen, that's a huge part of his growth offensively is that that mid-range jumper is stuck on automatic. Definitely. I've been saying this a lot all season, and this is not going to sound like a great take after the game seven Jason Tatum just have, <clears throat> but I've said it in the past. I've said, I think Jason Tatum's the better scorer. He's the better shooter. He's the better player. Like we can call a spade a spade. He just is. But when it comes to getting to the spot where you're most comfortable and just getting a bucket, I think Jalen Brown is, is better. And that's like a very niche thing, obviously, but like you look at the way he forces his way to the mid range, finds his spot, gets the ball in the right place, just turns around and sinks the shot. Like, 
that's not necessarily something you see Tatum go to often. He's more of a, okay, let me dribble and step back. Let me, you know, get to the rim. He's been a lot better at that. And he was great at that in his 51 point game, but like he's creating just shots something about Jalen Brown that aren't as comfortable. Oh. Brown, I think that's a product reliable. of two things. One being math that you want threes and shots yeah. at the rim or in the paint at least. And the second being roles where Jalen Brown's job Yes, he has grown as a facilitator and just had a career high in assists this year, just over four. But his job is get the ball, look to score. And Jason Tatum is more of a run the offense, initiate it, create, yeah. whether that's for you or someone else. And Tatum, especially when he came into the league, had a killer one-on-one -on -one package, but it was almost entirely geared towards these mid-range jumpers that he has largely cut out of his diet. I think that it's a great way to try to get him back in rhythm when the shots aren't falling, but it's not really something that we see him pull out of his bag anymore. Th those yeah, were the years where, uh, where Celtics fans were complaining that he was Kobe and telling him to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I remember those years. <laughs> I think the mid-range was a big part of Game 7 for him, though. I think that's how mm -hmm. he got going. Obviously, he had to yeah. carry over from Game 6, where he caught fire in the fourth quarter. But early on in that Sixers Game 7, he was one hit the turnaround fade on the baseline early in that game when they couldn't get anything easy. But then as he started to heat up, you saw him taking guys right at the stripe, right at the elbows, getting to those spots, almost like Jalen Brown does. And then he was able to kind of translate that into making threes. I loved it. I loved it. I love when he's not falling out of bounds shooting threes. I would prefer that if he has to do that to get going, fine with me. Yeah. No, good rhythm from Jason Tatum. He 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 went inside to outside, which is what you want to see from him. But yeah, getting that, that was to, my my favorite. Yeah. Sorry, that was my favorite part no, of his approach there at the start of Game Seven. Was and Jack, we probably talked about it pregame. Is that it has to be aggressive, it has to be downhill, and it can't be shying away from contact. And he got to the free throw line a couple of times. He passed up threes to drive. There was one right in front of me on the baseline where he went. And I'm pretty sure that he finished it with a dunk. And so it was just that approach of going downhill really got him into a rhythm where the baskets at the rim combined with the mid-range jumper. I do think it, it helped with the three-point shooting in the second half. Plus, during the Absolutely. season, you saw a ton of post-ups for him towards the end. Why have they gone away from that, do you think? Any reason in particular? Maybe it was Embiid hanging down low and Capella in the first round? I don't know. I thought it was really good for getting him going. Yeah, especially if he's someone who can pass out of a double team anyways, so you can put him on the block on the opposite side of Embiid, or you can bring Embiid away if he's matched up on Al Horford, for example, and try to pull him out of the paint. And if he comes to double, he's not the quickest guy, and he's dealing with an LCL sprain. Tatum can pass out of that and make the Sixers pay for it. So, yeah, it's definitely something that they could have tapped into more. I, I feel like, Jack, I'm going to light up your comments right now, potentially. But th throughout the regular season, a reliable source of scoring, albeit just a couple of times a game, was having Marcus Smart cut into the post. He's usually got a size advantage and get buckets that way. Now, I don't advise it against Kyle Lowry, but... If you can get Lowry picked off of him, Gabe and Vincent he's cutting though. and posting up Gabe Vincent or someone, that's just if you need a bucket, it has been highly effective. We love Marcus Smart in the show, so we're we're with you. We agree. Jack's with you. face says he's about to piss me off. Uh, actually, <laughs> Sam, uh, it's the opposite. I'm about oh. to make your day. I'm about to make your day. 
The Nuggets are currently winning by 17 points. Oh, this is excellent. Uh, 10 minutes left in the second quarter. So we're about a quarter and two oh, minutes no, in. Oh, no, Lakers. Jokic has eight points, 12 rebounds, and five assists and two blocks already. Maybe Davis <laughs> is taking the day off. And six of those six of those 12 rebounds, offensive. Jokic Can I give you guys something that, that confounds me? <laughs> yes. So, and I do have an analogy that I, I'm toying with whether I'll pull it out, but I don't understand why when LeBron James decides, okay, this is a situation threat I need to face myself, that the other team is just okay with it. Totally fine with, you know what, LeBron, you're right. You need to be at your best in the fourth quarter or if there's a critical juncture in the third, <laughs> like in game six against Golden State, and they just allow it to happen. It blows my mind. It's This is a terrible you know, analogy, but why not? Um, it reminds me a little bit of how when Tom Brady would try to get involved as a blocker or even just, I say, run very liberally, <laughs> go down the field on a play where you can hit him. No one on the defense would touch him out of respect, <laughs> but you could light that man up and possibly change the outcome of a game. So yeah. one is a little different and more the right thing to do, I would say, when it comes to the Brady situation. But LeBron, if he's going to try and just, you know, put push pause and recharge the stamina bar, that is the exact moment in time where you need to drain what's left in that tank. Well, it's like when Jimmy Butler sprained his ankle against the Knicks and they just let him sit in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just, just let him do it. I've been lobbying wanted. for a while for somebody to clothesline LeBron. <laughs> but that might not end well. Plus, the suspension could be on the way. But, I mean, if, if you well, challenge LeBron the physically, you, you are poking oh. a bear. And Dylan, Dylan Brooks found out the hard way. That doesn't go well. This is true. This is true. Don't don't put that responsibility on Grant either. I heard that. That is Levi. Grant's not doing a whole lot. <laughs> Come on. He tried to. He pretty much tried to clothesline and bead twice in Game Five, and then like helped the Sixers get every ounce of momentum. His eight <laughs> seconds of playing time, he like was a minus ten. Not Someone great. had to show some fight that night. He did, and he, at least he at least he tried a little bit. But looking at the Heat once again, let me ask you this, and I'll keep it simple. What are you least looking forward to? Oh, no, 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 hold on. Power rankings of things that you just can't wait to see. I was oh, going to bring mean, this up later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know. Power ranking of things I can't wait to see. There mm -hmm. will be you can't, a game. No, no, you, you throw throw out some you ideas, no and then we can list them. Yeah, yeah, I, I got you. Okay, yeah, okay. It, it was a sarcastic tone. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. From, from Sam, and then echoed yes. by me. Um, power ranking them. It, mm -hmm. It's tough to come up with an order on the fly, but the options that are we I'm going to put up on my yes. Family Feud big board are the game where Marcus Smart takes roughly 15 shots. It's going to be in that range, and it might even be north of that figure. Okay. And even when he's 10 of 19, the Celtics typically lose. So that is one, and especially when he's 6 of 19 or whatever, when it's not going well, but the shots are still going because the Jays don't have it. That's one, but again, these are not necessarily ranked. The Kyle Lowry-Marcus Smart grift-off is going to be okay. equal parts comedy, and frustrating, and it's going to just further slow the game down. The natural element that the Miami Heat are built around junking up the game and do it better than anyone. Like I said, rock fights against the Knicks. The Celtics had a couple against the Sixers. Now you wait mm -hmm. and see what it looks like when Eric Spolstra is controlling the dials. There, there's going to be some games that look again like the 90s where it's a lot of standing around trying to figure out how the bleep are we going to get through the gaps of the defense and get a good shot off? And a lot of times you won't when they have it rolling defensively, Miami. So those are three things that immediately jump out. 
And then the other one is that I've just been waiting for Duncan Robinson to come back to life and come out of the mothballs. And now it's happening. And now like he's going to have family threes. and friends in attendance at the garden. And you never know, like it, it's within him to make like five or six threes yeah. in a game and win one for Miami that flips home court, at least temporarily. So that's my yeah. big board. Yeah. All right. Uh, not mentioned Bam's illegal screens. But everyone sets illegal screens. It's like, oh, he's know, the worst. You've got a Kevin Garnett jersey right behind <laughs> you. Bam is by far the most egregious of the like. Nobody gets more complaints about them on my timeline than Bam. Also, Celtics trying to decipher a zone. We kind of already touched on that. Yeah, but I just truly can't wait for them to just act like they've never seen this before. Of course, yeah. uh, Lowry flailing around was touched on. Yep. I think Struess is going to do something whiny. <laughs> a repeat he, of he wouldn't let it go though. that he or stepped like, on the it'll line. It'll be like the next yeah. day's media availability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's his yeah. time to to shine and get his pout on. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I'm going to be really annoyed if Zeller does anything. Because <laughs> he he looks like somebody that really shouldn't be playing basketball. <laughs> like no one told him Correct. he didn't make the team, and he just kept showing up. Yeah, yeah. He looks like exactly. Dwight when they all play in the office and he has the face mask on. That's what he looks like. That's phenomenal. Mine, unnamed, I think Gabe Vincent's just going to have a really annoying game where he's not going to miss a shot. And I like Gabe like Vincent. Random thing. He, he's a Gabe player. Vincent, fine, who has not but... played as well as you probably think. He's only shooting like 36%. Yeah, play. but he I makes big that, dude, that dude's a game. He, he had a dog game too when yeah, Jimmy yeah, was yeah, out yeah, and yeah, he kind of yeah. willed them back into that and made it close at MSG. He's yeah, good. it's possible, but I thought he was playing much better than that. And I looked at it today, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh man, he's really not been like." You know that who crazy. else is going to hit a million threes? Haywood Highsmith. It's just going to hit like three threes, and it's just gonna he's the guy off. that they're leaving. I, I like Haywood Highsmith, Jack. He's going to hit three. I don't three, think though. we're going to walk you. out of a game saying Haywood Highsmith flipped the outcome. Well, that's hey, even I'm not, worse. <laughs> I'm not this saying... is making it even worse. Because <laughs> when it does not... happen, we're all going to be like, "Man, yeah, we I'm going to tell you." I'm going to tell you what happened. Pass that one else. Uh, I think I'm I'm going to enjoy watching the Casilla Center. What is Miami's arena? Be completely Casilla empty. Fill Just up. be empty. No, it's gonna be empty. There's no no. I tell you what, a friend games. of mine in Miami said. Yeah. Now, granted, it was because of the moment, but he's from Boston. He now lives in Miami. He said uh-huh. that Jimmy Butler game against Milwaukee there was the loudest arena he's ever been in. That was the craziest game ever. I, I've I mean, never watched though. games in neutral until this playoffs, really. And I was giggling at my TV, <laughs> watching Milwaukee just melt. It's fine. How could you not be just you know, awesome. reacting out loud towards what Jimmy Butler was doing? And certainly, if you want to see Milwaukee go down in flames, there was the Schadenfreude element as well. Absolutely. That was the first time I was like, "Wow, the Celtics aren't the only team that do this." <laughs> <laughs> I will say, like. Obviously, things change because the Heat are not playing the Celtics. But, like, if the Celtics somehow went out, like, I was going to root for Jimmy Butler. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that was the easy choice uh, mm. to root for. But now, obviously, that, that cannot happen. Uh, Lakers cutting into the deficit, by the way. I'm sorry, Sam. Nuggets only up 10 now. No league is safe in today's back. NBA. Of course not. <clears throat> of course not. But nobody knows better than uh, that. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam, I think I've told you this, Bobby. Sam bets insurance every game. Have I, have I talked talk to you about this? Sam, would you like so. to explain? I, I threw insurance? some money on on Sunday. So Whatever anytime topics, the Celtics yeah, go up yeah. big, and I have no faith in them, I bet live on the other team, and usually the odds are pretty decent. So you get you get compensated for your troubles. 
they lose. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a smart contrarian approach, and no matter what, you're going to be happy with the outcome that way. Well, exactly. you'll be less upset. There'll be some <laughs> level of happiness. I took insurance in that game where they blew the 26-point lead to the Knicks, and I probably got the max value, and I was still 28. not happy. 28 yeah, to the Nets. 28. Yeah. 28 to the Nets, yeah. And then, no, not well, the Nets. Well, I did that one too, but the you one. You did have beer one, money right after. Yeah. Exactly. You had plenty of stuff to go with. You had, it was 28 against the Nets, and then it was. The Knicks game last 12. year. Oh, yeah, the RJ Barrett buzzer beater, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. okay. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Sorry, I thought you were talking about this season. Because I remember you made like yeah, in a three-game stretch weekend. where they – It's like I went they, to Vegas. Yeah, they blew leads to the – double-digit leads to the Nets, the Knicks, and the Cavs. Yeah, I remember the, you, made like, you made like 80 bucks that week. You made, you made, made a lot of money dollars. that week. The, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's he was crazy. on a heater as the Celtics were on a cooler. Literally. Terrible. Yeah. It was not <laughs> worth it. No, <laughs> the, the next one fun. was wild because it was not we're watching this happen in slow motion it was in the blink of an eye like yeah this looks like it's headed the other way and decisively and that's exactly what happened brutal it was brutal. all to. right <laughs> they blew it up uh i don't think was there anything else i wanted to touch on sam was there anything else you want to touch ratless. on the series ratless oh I bobby ratless i don't know if you're guest familiar. is a staple is it is. We need to bring I'm up. excited for whatever rat list means. Yeah. Okay. So rat list. Let me give you an example. We'll start off. Sam, do you have a rat list member? I'll, I'll, let me provide some examples. Actually, first, it's probably smart. I have one. So we, it can be a basketball rat list. It can be a general life rat list. So examples of rat list. When the other team fouls with 10 seconds left down by seven, don't waste my time. You're not going to win the game. You're a rat. That's a rat I'm list. Rat. When you're letting somebody out of a parking lot so they can turn left and the car behind them follows them. And so you get stuck waiting to turn still that second car is a rat. You can't do that. If you're listening to TikToks on the T with no headphones in it, full blast rat list. You can't do that. So the, these are examples. So Sam, if you'd like to start off the rat yes. list, Bobby, I'll give you some time to think. Rat list is Woj. Woj <laughs> on Sunday. He took it upon himself to be like the referees have been mean to the Sixers in this series. In game six, the Sixers were screwed by 13 calls while the Celtics only got screwed four times. Hey, look at me. I'm going to try and swing the outcome of a game seven <laughs> by tweeting about a report that apparently wasn't even that substantial. And then he didn't tweet about the Tatum news when he broke the record. Shams did. Shams yeah. was all over the big story of the day. Woj wanted no part of it. But then mysteriously, nope. uh, he breaks the Doc Rivers news. I wonder why. I wonder mm. if there was a little deal there, a little happenings. <laughs> now, th th this is my biggest head scratcher about the Woj pregame report about the officiating in game six. If you're going to do that, now maybe someone is at fault and maybe it's the Sixers. And I'm just going to throw this out there that you can look up who Adrian Wojnarowski shares an agent with to figure out where the leak came from. But <laughs> If you're going to do that, and again, I don't know if this was maybe Woj contemplating or more likely the source from the Sixers not acting quick enough, the time to put that out as public information is not a couple of hours before a tip-off of Game 7, even if it's on your network. The time to do it is at least a day before. You could have put it out on Friday if you wanted to. So they really missed the window to have it be yeah. a real talking point going into game seven. Yeah, definitely. Jack? Definitely. Uh, yeah, I have an example of rat list. Uh, the Warriors rat list yep. for deciding in the finals last year to be the best versions of themselves. And then against the Lakers to play 
like I don't Terrible. need like my a rec center Clay team like just get absolutely ready to learn Chinese, buddy. Like, yeah, Draymond yeah, has to go on that rat list. Absolutely, that was the whole team outside of Steph Curry. Everybody in that team outside yeah, of Steph Curry, maybe Looney. Yeah, like the whole rat list. If Dwight Howard is calling you out to join him in the Taiwanese basketball league, rat list. You can't, like, come on. Did tough. you see that video today, Bobby? I saw his tweet towards John Morant. <laughs> Dwight Howard, there's a video. I'll send it to you. So he's just recruiting people to Taiwan left and right. because There was a this- video. He, he, he went, Jordan Poole, come on over. Julius Randle, come on over. Ben, like he's calling out so many players. James Harden, oh, it's fire. I'll send it to you after this. Because everyone that- wanted to play with Dwight Howard when he was in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But now Blue that guy. you have a general, <laughs> a general idea, any rat lists that come to the top. Of your if you head. don't you need more time, I, I have more. <laughs> okay. We love the, I have the two rats that came to mind immediately. Yes. One is when you're playing in a basketball game, I cannot stand the guy in the pickup game who has, this isn't going to really come through the screen, but who plays defense with his arms out. Like they're, I don't know, trying like trying to dissuade you like this to get through as if he's got like a you shall not pass type of thing. I it's pick up basketball, buddy. That's this not, is on ball defense with the arms out. Yeah, I don't mind good on ball defense and everything. But like the, I'm just gonna stick my arms out like this and have almost you know like when you're coming out of one of those parking lots that happen and you gotta get your ticket and then it looks up. A person who plays like this and stiff as a board and they do it because they can't move and can't really play. That annoys me, and there's no better feeling for me than cooking that person because it's it's just such a I don't know if we could swear on this. It's such a you donkey ahead. move, and swear it's the antithesis of what pickup basketball is all about, in my opinion. None of us are going to the NBA, so <laughs> exactly. that person is an absolute rat. And can all right, yeah. yes. And Love then <laughs> also for a very specific reason, I'll focus in on. There are more options on the menu, but James Harden. You could see it in his eyes he that he didn't want to be there at Game 7. From the opening tip, opening tip, excuse me, he wanted no part of that game. And then, if you've already decided to mentally fold like you do time and time again, to cheap shot Jalen Brown in the air like that with yeah. your off arm, not a basketball play, dirty. I said before they even reviewed it, this should be a technical, but it won't. And then they upheld flagrant one, and I said, I stand by it. That's a technical. It is a rat move from someone who had already decided they're not coming to play today. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say James Harden, too, because he just flails around. But you kind of encapsulated it pretty well. I'll swing back to pickup basketball. Yesterday I was playing pickup basketball, and we had uh, an official on the court, apparently. Oh, wow. We had somebody that was making a lot of calls. I was threatened that if I set a screen a certain way, again, it would be an illegal screen which I don't think I've ever heard and pick up when you're not like actually like shoving. I, I somebody. would say this volunteer ref, you have no authority. Yeah. It was a tough. Look, my team didn't lose four and oh, three game winners for me. There we Set go. them home. Woo. Exterminate right here. Take care of the rats. <laughs> Take that L with you, ref. I love it. I love the rat list is, is my favorite part of the show. I love the rat list. Rat, rat list, list uh, NBA players. Not getting the blame, and all these coaches are getting fire. Spolstra, yes, kind of talked about the Williams firing, or was it Doc Rivers? It was kind of both, but anyways, yeah, the players Doc never really held accountable when Sunday. they know show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Jordan Poole gets a raise next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Clay Thompson, 40 million dollars. 
Is Jordan sure. Poole a warrior next year? What do you think? Jack? Should he be? Should he be or will he be? Because those are will two he different be? questions. Yeah, I think so. I don't think. I, I think, think if you're is. the Warriors, you really? have to keep him for a little bit before you trade him because of the extension, or you're gonna have to like really screw yourself over. I, the value, I think you mean? it's. I think what's gonna happen is that they will work something out with Draymond, and they will look at the vibes of this season's team and how mm. off it was. And yes, they are selling low on Jordan Poole, but they might also end up working out a new deal with Clay Thompson. And so the idea of so much money going around and they're already into the repeater tax and the new CBA's restrictions, they might decide that even though they're selling low on Poole, to offload that contract is just flat out worth it. Anywhere you like for him? I mean, there's no, wow, this team gets Jordan Poole coming up the worst year of his career for someone who split time in the G League once upon a time. So I would just say like a young rebuilding team where he can get minutes and shots and is out of the spotlight. I would really love I him think... to play for Ime. Houston? I mean, that's interesting. I don't know how many shots me. Jordan Poole is, but the idea of like him, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green would be hilarious together. Yes. I think as much as... I mean, actually, I don't care because he's played bad. I think Brooklyn would be fine for him. Him, Mikhail Bridges, you get some defense around him. He could be the guy. I think, I mean, this is this is crazy. It would never happen. But, like, Minnesota, you get him there somehow. It It'd probably have to be a three-teamer because I don't think the Warriors could find a way to absorb Cat's contract or anything like that. So Anybody in the lottery like, today that might not but, have made out? I don't think Detroit, they have too many guards. Uh, let's see. That's that's a good not question. Because like, they also with somebody, have guards. Would somebody trade their lottery pick for Poole, is what you're saying? Maybe. Orlando. I think, you think Orlando Poole, trades Orlando could do this? It. I think he needs to buy in at some point. It's not the time, but his best role will be if he ever settles into being a six-man, mm. not this level, but like a Jamal Crawford type, just to give people an idea and a frame of reference there and a comparison. If he can ever become that later down the road, that's the, I think that's the best version of Jordan Poole that you could ever possibly get in his NBA career. I think that's a good comparison. Now I'm going to do this on the fly, but like, Mm. what if they do something like, so Orlando has, what is it? Six and 11 this year. They have picked six and pick 11. Do you think they would do? And not that the Warriors need another lottery pick because that's kind of the the opposite, or maybe they do. Cause I mean, realistically it's like a cheaper option to add somebody to your roster. Like if you're the Warriors, would you say like, Hey, we'll give you Jordan pool. God, he makes $28.7 million. That's nuts. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, he makes a lot of he, money. He hasn't earned <laughs> the the right to be worth a 6th or 11th pick, even in a yeah. draft that's not considered deep. Well, would you do like, hey, we'll take Jordan Poole. We'll give you Gary Harris, Cole Anthony, and the 11th pick? Or do you think that's too much value for Jordan Poole? Yeah, because it's the 11th pick. And so, I, you know, sometimes we overvalue the potential of what a pick could turn into. <laughs> But yeah, I still look at it and say, if we're putting this on the table, we can do better than Jordan Poole on a big contract coming okay. off again, arguably the worst season of his career. Where in the NBA, as and this is crazy because it's like been one year, is Jordan Poole one of the worst contracts in the NBA right now? Yeah, off, off the top, because it's so new is the other side of it where the money keeps going up. So yeah. being, you know, having just signed it, it's about to kick in and having such an underwhelming season. He did have a burst at the towards the end of game six going into the fourth quarter where he was the second best player on golden state and gave them a little glimmer of hope. But overall 
he was unplayable for a good chunk of the postseason and really let them down. And that was par for the course with him this campaign. So yeah, he certainly is on the list. Again, there's no such thing as an albatross in the NBA and that contract can get moved if Golden State wants to. But just in terms of worst contracts, he's on the board. He's going to be making $35.2 million by the end of his deal. That's Honorable crazy. mentions, Clay, kind of. Zach Levine. For Randall. <laughs> Tobias uh, Harris. Tobias yeah, Harris. Without a yep. doubt. Gordon That's Hayward. Easy one. Gordon Hayward's Hayward, bad. Up. Is he up? Thirty million. now next he's year. up, right? No, no, he's next season. He's under contract too. Oh, 30 mil. oh my Tough. goodness! Because there <laughs> well, was rumors about that Charlotte and him might agree to a buyout this season. Yeah, it would have had to be for two years. Uh, let me a quick look at the MJ list. wasn't cutting um, that check. I mean, Dame's gonna make sixty million. Yeah, Bradley Beal, bad contract. That's yep. just it's just bad. Uh, looking across still. Clay Thompson is pretty bad. Rudy Gobert, we're, we're stupid. Oh, yeah. How, how could we Hang forget about face. that? That might I, be the worst one. Uh, I, I do a, a radio show on Sports Map Radio Network. Yes. And even like I, I've crushed Rudy Gobert so much that I try not to. But if someone brings him up and keeps going, then I have to say something. <laughs> trash And him. I want to be honest, and it's not going to be positive. That's fine. You can <laughs> trash him. Nobody yeah. loves trashing players quite like me. I, I mean, trash Tatum it, it, all the time. It's just such an embarrassing trade that Minnesota mortgaged the future for something that even if it worked out as well as it possibly could, we're talking about a second round team mm. and it didn't mm. work out as well as it possibly could. So what a disastrous decision. They got a you Super argue... playoff win and <laughs> he punched Kyle Anderson. <laughs> and I do believe that what happened with him led to, uh, who is it, McDaniels? Punching a wall and punching breaking wall. his hand. And then he broke his hand. So I, a lot I of do punching believe that the on frustration the final day. with Gobert played a role in that happening. So, I mean, just all around. And now it's like they come to the offseason and you know, there's some rumors of do they end up moving on from Carl Anthony Towns instead? But it's like Anthony Edwards doesn't really like playing with Gobert. You, you should just move Does on anyone... from him if you can do it. <laughs> Like Donovan Mitchell That's didn't tough. even pass to Gobert. Wouldn't even look at him. Yeah. So this is kind of handsome I, too, not to look at him. <laughs> <laughs> nice tan. I pulled up the uh, player contracts just to look, and I sorted by 2027-28 to see who's making making whatever. There are seven players currently right now that are going to make money in 27-28, like officially right now. It is Jokic at 61.9, Booker at 61 million, Towns at 61 million, mm. Zion at 44-2, John mm. Morant at 44-2, Garland at 44-2, and then Didi Luzada at $268,000 because there the Blazers go. stretched his contract. Well, good for, for him. That's got to work its way into the tweet that we name dropped Didi Luzada. That's like That's when you win amazing. the lottery and you say you want your money in increments instead of all at once. <laughs> He's yeah. going to Bobby Bonilla them. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. But the most, who's the most guaranteed money in the NBA right now? There's a quiz for you. Who's the most guaranteed money in the league right now? Don't Would you I like to know. guess? I'm an idiot. I was one of the players that just The names. name that comes to mind is not accurate, but Damian Lillard is where I went, but it's not him. <laughs> Close. Close. The most guaranteed money left on their current contract. Devin Booker is guaranteed $290.4 million. On At least he's part of their future. Like they he believe is. in him. Clearly. He's you know. 36, not and bothered. You know who is about to get a huge, a big contract over four years that it, it, it could be not worth it and probably won't be as soon as year one is James Harden. 
Yeah, mm. terrible. <clears throat> Gonna be. What do you think? So Houston. it's interesting because I he has been pushing for Houston, and it's, it's going to be Houston. he has been pushing. Then Houston's been say you know waiting with open arms for this to happen, but you know if they bring in D'Antoni and that's his guy, and Maury's in Philly, he talked like someone who didn't want Doc Rivers back, and to throw right. Doc Rivers under the bus as you already know and are committed to leaving. That's just, I guess it's on brand, but it's a terrible yeah, it look. It's a rat so move. I, you know what's really cool is throwing the coach under the bus after scoring nine points. Yeah. <laughs> like Jack I mean, and I Doc talked about this return fire. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We talked about like Embiid's comment, which as a whole was a little different, but it was still pretty bad about the, we need five guys It was, it was also heavily manipulated. Yes. He said those things. No one put words yeah. in his mouth, but they certainly shaped it a certain way for clicks and Agreed. aggregation. Absolutely. But with all that being said, combine Embiid and James Harden, who need all the help, and those two guys combine for less points than any combined total of the other three starters. Tucker Crazy. and Maxi score more. Tucker and Harris. Maxi and Harris. All more points than those two guys. PJ Tucker was getting ready to be the Game 7 hero. By the yeah, end of the first sick. quarter, he had 11. He was matched Tatum's point total. He, he was getting ready to be... The bell of the ball, and then it all went up in flames. You know what he finished with? 11 points. 11 points. <laughs> Amazing. Also, quick update just to put a smile on Sam's face again. Uh, <laughs> halftime, Nuggets up 18. Good. Thank you for you. Jokic at halftime, 19 points, 16 rebounds, 7 assists. Mm. It, like, like, I said it throughout the playoffs. Like, I thought the Nuggets were coming out of the West. Jokic playing this well in the playoffs is like... Against Davis. Yeah, like it's crazy. And also Jamal Murray, 17 points. Bruce Brown off the bench, 14 points. Michael Porter Jr., 10 points. Like this Nuggets team felt like heading into the playoffs. Like it was the team people were looking at the least, which is weird because they're the number one seeds. So like what? Like what, what are we doing? Like realistically in the Western Conference, outside of maybe the Timberwolves, I feel like most pe- people were like, they'd probably be seventh or sixth among teams people would pick. Right. And then you get to the conference finals. People are looking at KD, they're looking at LeBron, they're looking at Steph. No one's looking at Jokic. But like, <clears throat> whenever Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. are healthy, the last time it happened, they made the conference finals. Right. And look at it, they're healthy again and they're in the conference finals. And this time around, more experienced, better team. Like, this Nuggets team's nasty. And, and they pushed the Lakers in the bubble in that Western Conference finals. Yeah. And, and I think Denver, as you're saying, an underrated team because of where they are. Jokic is a quieter, underrated star. And I think that his playoff success gets downplayed in part because you can look at another point you alluded to there, the injuries to MPJ and Murray Mm -hmm. and say, oh, well, look, you know, he got smoked by the Suns. But when he's had his guys and even really when he hasn't, he has played at a very high and some cases like in the bubble historic level in the playoffs. This is not someone who like you have to question, hey, he tends to wilt in these games or be a liability. So yeah, I, I'm not surprised that they've been the steadiest team this postseason. In Sunday, the playoffs this guy. year. <laughs> Who's that? Indeed. <laughs> Sam was not a Nuggets it, believer. It's so looked like a little different. Face. But we never saw fully healthy Joel Embiid. We it's just like have every All other year again. of his career to go off of. Yeah. We'll have to guess how this one <laughs> might have looked. Oh man. Uh this was fun. Uh, we straight final away thoughts on talk. the series. Yeah, lot of, we'll, we'll I will say a lot of smart up. people think it's a Celtics like heavy favor. 
Yeah, and you know what? The metrics Gorman, at 80% who is a homer, but he did too. pick like kind of lenient in the first two rounds. Mike Gorman has never picked against the Celtics. It's even, very true. <laughs> even in the 90s, he had him number one seed NBA <laughs> champions. McGorman, uh, Forsberg, Mannix all kind of said Celtics in five. And Gorman said Celtics in six over Atlanta. And he said seven against Philly. Wow. Man. Yeah. Seven. What do you think, Bobby? Shout out to the legend, Mike Gorman. Um, I think that it should, like if you just ran this through a computer, it would be Celtics in five. Mm. But what's going to happen is that, not that. there's going to be a common, <laughs> not, not that. We'll just Celtics put it distinctly. We all know that. And you kind of have to hope if you're the Celtics that a great Jimmy Butler game coincides with a night you drop the ball and Miami junks mm. it up to the point that they're successful. So my prediction is that this doesn't go seven. I think the Celtics, we can see them growing in real time. And sometimes True. people look at their experience and forget about their age. Jalen Brown is just entering his prime and Tatum's not even there yet. So I'm not terribly mm. surprised that they're inconsistencies in recent years. I think the Celtics, they're going to finish this one off in six games. That's my prediction. I like that. I think I that's like that. too. I really like four. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I, I, I think they kind of owe us a couple after what they just did the last two series. <laughs> they should have swept my uh, Philly. They should have swept Philly. They should have swept Philly. I stand by that. They were in position to do it, and they didn't. Should have won game oh. one. Shit the bed. Game four. <laughs> similar story. So if you can remember 2018 – I don't think that the officiating would allow for a sweep to happen. Mm. It'd have to be just, they are shooting. They would have to have like a third quarter for a good chunk of a, a game four when they're up three Oh in the series to sweep Philly. But yeah, it could be a gentleman sweep Celtics in five over a Sixers team that didn't have them beat in game one. And then he's hurt hard and no shows a couple of times. So it was certainly possible and within their capabilities. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think, Sam, I, I, you didn't give your prediction. What do you think? I Celtics refuse to predict. Beat? I don't predict. Wow. <laughs> Fair <Stains>. enough. <laughs> uh, I will say, we on our pregame shows, we used to do score predictions all the time, and they always lost whenever yeah. we did it, so we just stopped doing them. But uh, it, it, I think it's six so is so arbitrary and so tough in basketball. <clears throat> mm. I mean, one thing you could do if you wanted to pivot is do the spread. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. My dad, fun fact, my dad – figured out that you can bet on the exact final score of basketball games and so he just put he just puts one dollar bets on him all the time and he hit one he hit there we one go. Gonna, and so i was hoping that you'd tell me he keeps track of his record or at least the wins he's he's only won once but it came so early on it that he's just convinced he's gonna keep doing it and so he's still he's chasing but, the dragon now exactly exactly but it is fun and he does have a formula he's I, I couldn't tell you exactly what his job is, but he, he was like, a I believe he takes the over under total and then uh, applies the <laughs> yeah. spread. You think he yes. puts a dollar. He's putting everything on it. Yeah. <laughs> when he lose, he needs to get back. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh man. But uh, yeah, we, we can wrap it up there. That was a nice lengthy rattle. a lot of shit talking there. That was fun. Uh, next time. Yeah, next, now, now you know my chest. It turned into a therapy session. <laughs> Good. Exactly. The now next time pick up player in my opinion. Now, whatever we have you back on the show, if you, I mean, obviously, if you'd like to come back, if you'd, you'd like to scare you off. Uh, <laughs> happy to come back, and I'll, I'll try yes. and come up with more rats. 
you'll know the rat list for next time. We I love the rat list. It's become a staple of the show. It's in the YouTube banner. Uh, the people love it. So uh, anyways, thank you, Bobby. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, let the people know where to follow you. I only tell the guests to say it because I messed it up once and I refuse to do it again. So let, let the people know. <laughs> it, it's a good move. I always do like on radio, for example, the stage is yours and I let yep. them plug all their stuff. You got to so, do yeah, it. You can see that's how you spell my name there. Not the easiest to just blindly guess. Bobby Kravitsky. <laughs> That is, I didn't put it in as my Twitter handle. StreamYards just got my back like that. So I that's how you can find I got me. your back. It's me. Shout out to Jack Simone. <laughs> I should have known. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. I have a Twitter addiction, so you can catch me tweeting Woo. quite often. And then as far as work, it's si.com slash NBA slash Celtics inside the Celtics. So that's where you can find me for all your Celtics coverage. Yes, sir. Well, thank you very much to Bobby. We appreciate it. Thank you for bringing the rat list. That was great. My pleasure, guys. That's an awesome segment, and I look forward to doing it again sometime soon. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you very much to Bobby Kravitsky for joining us. Uh, I always see him at the games. This was Sam's first time meeting him. I got to meet him. Great guy. Yeah. I hear about him every day. I know. I, t- I always talk about my conversations with him and Cam uh, Tabatabai, who we should have back on the show. We've had him before. Yes. We should bring him back on, him and Justin Quinn. We, we should bring the whole Celtics Lab crew uh, onto the show. We'll have a, a fun time. Maybe maybe Perhaps, that could be uh, an, our yeah. next Celtics Jeopardy. Maybe that Perhaps. could be the next one. Well, we have to do more Celtics Jeopardy throughout the offseason. It'll we'll be an offseason. We got to keep this. <laughs> exactly. What are we going to do? Exactly. But uh, that'll be it. This is dropping the morning of game five, game one, one against game the one. Heat. I don't know why I said five. <clears throat> game one against Miami. <laughs> Excuse me. Obviously, a series preview. Uh, there will be another episode in your inbox tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. again. Uh, yep. Pod's always out at 5 a.m. Uh, so be there recapping us reviewing game one we're gonna be up very late because we're dedicated to the next day pods jack uh, <laughs> might be on the train he might not we don't we'll know see yet. how the audio we is. haven't figured out how we want to do it. See it but also if you're listening to this now in the morning tune into the live stream before the game we'll be yes. like 30 minutes before game one so come check that out 8 p.m tonight uh, as you're listening to this come Ugh, come check it out but uh thank you guys for tuning in we appreciate it yeah the 8 30 starts are brutal subscribe to the channel i'm gonna say it again subscribe to how about them Celtics on youtube follow us on spotify apple Podcasts. leave us the reviews there five stars and if you're not gonna leave five stars go be mean to us in the youtube comments i love the comments it makes i've started my day. responding to people i actually kind of like yeah it. i yeah. love it every day i wake up i sit at my computer the first thing i do if there's a pod out that day i open up youtube i check the youtube comments Leave us a comment. Say hello. Be mean to us. Be nice to us. I'd, I'd like you to be nice to us, but you can be mean if you want. Uh, and we appreciate it very much. Thank you guys for tuning in. And I'll throw it to Sam. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening or watching. If you are watching, you're on the YouTube. You can see us. You can subscribe. How about them Celtics? Turn the notification bell yes. on. You'll get all the newest pods. You'll get noties. As well as the live streams before the pregames. It's good. On top of that, Streaming services, make sure you follow us. Leave a nice five-star, like Jack said, say nice things. On top of that, as I say it again, how many times can Sam say on top of that? He's tired. <laughs> follow us on social media. At How About Them Seas, yes. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Facebook is just the name of the podcast. Those live streams before the games. Also on Facebook. Share them. Why not? Leave a like. Woo. You can follow Jack on Twitter, at Jack's One NBA. He's been doing a ton of work for Celtics blog. You can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. You can see me tweet pictures of Pete. That's it for us. Bye. Check, check, go.